and sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for you and me. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of the Shimboners podcast. My name's Bailey Tyson. I'm a diehard North fan, 20-year member, and I've decided to start this podcast to cover all things North. We'll be covering the men's and the women's side. We'll be doing game previews, game reviews after hopefully a win. We'll be doing listener Q&As so we can get you guys involved, build a community, ask the hard-hitting questions, and have a bit of fun and banter along the way. So a bit about me and my journey to becoming a North fan. I was similar to a lot of people born into it uh, with my dad being a diehard North fan. So learned at a young age a lot about the club and the values the club stands for as well as following on from dad and becoming a really, really passionate supporter. So much so that it takes over your lives at times. But there's no other club I'd rather support. We're not the biggest fan base, but we are definitely the most loyal Unlike our mates who support other teams and just drift in and out and only follow it when we're successful. Us North fans, we stick through it all, through the recent hard times that we've had where, you know, you turn up and hope, hopefully it's under 60 points that we lose by to now with the crop of good talent, the really young list and promising list that can take us back up to the ladder playing finals and under Clarko, hopefully we can go back to premiership success and grab a fifth cup. Some of my favourite memories as a... As a North fan, definitely the 2014 elimination final. I was lucky enough to be over there with my old man. 80,000 were outnumbered. 30 points down at half time, and we all know what happened after that. The Ben Brown Clinic, the Frank the Tank emergence. Such a great night. And then the, just the atmosphere walking out. 30 or 40,000 North fans all exiting the MCG, belting out the theme song, hugging each other, just the camaraderie of what we just witnessed. It was it was one of the great nights. Uh, similar in 2014, I was over in Melbourne for a game against the Tigers. Terrible first half, down six goals at halftime. And one of my mates, one of my best mates, was a Richmond supporter, messaging me all sorts of insults. You know, the club's gone backwards, you know, all the, all the typical stuff. And then what we saw after that was brilliant. Petrie, Boomer, I think Boomer kicked three in the third quarter. And what made it even better was... It was when Fox Footy was trawling that press. They had press red for Ed, for Collingwood. And they had the press red for KB and some other Richmond fella. And just watching their hearts break as well was, was magnificent. And one of the others was oh, in the late 2000s, I was lucky enough to be the club mascot and run out with the, with the boys at a game at York Park. That was also pretty cool. Just experiencing the inner sanctum and watching the boys warm up and... There was, you know, a few heroes of mine there at the time. There was Boomer Harvey, Brady Rawlings, Aaron Edwards. Yeah, it was a really, really good experience. So over the years, some of my favourite players would include Glenn Archer. Um, as a kid, just watching that really made you gravitate to the TV with his toughness, his courage, and his never-say-die attitude. Another standout one is Boomer Harvey. Watching him just run up and down the ground all day. His running bounces, his dash selling the candy, his miraculous goals, and probably the best inside 50 kick I've seen. His link-up work with Drew during those years was awesome. And much like Archer had a never-say-die attitude and just the, the hatred to lose 
was something that was just awesome to watch. And then as time went on, Scotty Thompson, I loved the way he went about it, just niggling opponents, being an absolute pest. And, you know, undersized, but just fought his heart out. It was awesome to watch. And then sort of current day players, um, Jack Siebel, oh, just in awe of the way he played. He was awesome. You know, way too harshly criticised by some North fans. Just the way he carried the club, particularly as captain through the Reese Shaw and David Noble mess and through COVID, just the way he led the club from the front was one of the few stabilising factors we had at the club. And I think it sort of goes unnoticed just because he had a couple of poor games, you know, towards the end of his career in the defence that was pretty rubbish. Uh, I think we forget how good Jack really was, particularly in the mid sort of 2010s in the midfield, having, you know, 25, 30 and kicking a couple of goals and putting his body on the line every week. And in the current team at the moment, uh, Cam Zerha, love the way he goes about it, struts around, has a bit of swagger. You know, he, he may be inconsistent, but love the way he goes about it. Uh, Harry Sheasel, of course, you know, just the professionalism and just the way he's already impacted the team in such a short period of time and just how, you know, how good he is. He really is in that Nick Dacos model of, you know, started off the halfback. I think he can really be damaging through the middle and forward this year, given the opportunity. Where he plays, we'll have to wait and see. But my all-time favourite Shimbona, which I'm sure a lot of you may share, is uh, Ben Cunnington. You know, the, the adversity that he fought coming back and beating cancer twice, the way he went on the field, no media, no no nonsense sort of player put his head over it, strong as an ox, the best handballer, really underrated kick as well, and one of the best fend-offs, if not the best fend-off in the game. You've got to be pretty good at footy um, to find a way to play as many games as he did with his lack of pace and lack of sprinting ability, but my goodness, he's one of the best mids that have graced the walls of the North Melbourne Footy Club, that's for sure. Right, so enough about me, we'll crack into some footy chat. And we'll start off with the recently inducted leadership group. So how it worked was they had a, the players had 5-4-3-2-1 voting system with five being the top votes. Uh, they all voted for who they thought were the best leaders among the group. And then they added all the votes up um, and came together with the top leaders. And from there, they worked out the leadership group. So for those who haven't seen it, the leadership group this year consists of Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald. Again, being co-captains, Nick Larkey makes his way to vice-captain. Aidan Corr returns to the leadership group after missing last year. Bailey Scott joins the leadership for the first time, as does the wonder boy Harry Sheasel at just 19 years of age. But I don't think any North fans are upset with that. You know, it's clear how great a leader he is and already the professionalism he brings and how, you know, people want to follow him. He's setting the standards on the trackball reports. He's just he's taken this club to another level along with some of the other young fellas. And I personally think it's a great decision. Um, bring it on. He's the leader of the next wave, the next group that's going to take us back up the ladder where we belong. So I'm all for it. Well, let's address the elephant in the room. I know a lot of people and a lot of North fans across social media were not happy with Luke McDonald being captain again for 2024. Personally, I was hoping Jai would be the solo captain. Nothing against Luke. I've no issues with him, but I was just I'm more favourable of the traditional just the solo captain. I think Jai's had his time to transition now, and I would have liked to see them pull the trigger on him being the solo captain. 
especially seeing Luke, you know, poor form last year, just giving him an opportunity to take a bit of the pressure away and see if he can find some of the form that had him winning the Sid Barker in 2020 because he was a long way away from that. And with, you know, Mackay going and Logue out for a significant period, it's really important that he's able to find some form and really lead our young defence going forward. As for the voting system itself, oh, I'm not a massive fan of it because it seems like it can turn into a bit of a popularity contest, you know, just vote for your mates. But the leadership group itself is pretty good. I would have liked to see one of the, you know, 22 to 25-year-olds in there as well, like a Cam Zerha or a Luke Davies Uniac. But, you know, just because they're not in the group doesn't mean they aren't on-field leaders. But, yeah, that was a bit glaring. Let me know what you guys think. Do you think... They made the right choice. Are you happy with the co-captain setup, or would you prefer the solo captain? Anyone in the leadership group that you think doesn't deserve to be there, or that deserves to be there that isn't in there? Yeah, let let us know on social media. Looking forward to get your opinion on what you guys think of the newly formed leadership group as a whole. The club also recently released the new jumper numbers for the players for 2024. Uh, there was a really good video, Big Toddy Viney talking about making each number your own and creating your own legacy, and that may be why we didn't see many existing players take one of the lower numbers that were available. Uh, so number one, we had Hugh Greenwood moving from the 18 to the number one. Uh, also in that video, there was some really, really touching vision as they explained uh, why he moved to the number one. Uh, his mother unfortunately passed away of cancer a few years ago. And before she passed, she passed on some wisdom to him to make every second count. Therefore, the number one Guernsey taking over the number seven Guernsey is Zane Dersma. He was taken with pick four, a forward with, as the Fox footy experts said, the best hands in the draft. Uh, also really crafty around goals and on the, also on the Fox footy broadcast, they had the player comparisons and they had him compared to Toby Green which I'm sure put a lot of smiles on a lot of North fans' faces and, you know, really gets us excited to see what he can bring to what he's already building as a really dynamic forward line. Taking the coveted number 10 Guernsey's fellow Tassie boy, fellow Lonnie boy, uh, Colby McKercher, taking pick two in the draft. Seems ready-made from the vision that you've seen at training. Looks really smooth, really quick, burst away speed. Has a great left foot, which Clarko would be in love with, as we know he loves his left footers. And a fun fact, his girlfriend actually lives on the same street, or she formerly lived on the same street as I do, so quite often drove past and, you know, see Colby. It'd be even better if I see him now. Give, give him a go, Kangas, as we drive past. So, yeah, can't wait to see what Colby brings to the team and what he can do in 2024. In the number 15 Guernsey next year will be Dylan Stevens. He's formerly a pick, I think, pick four or five uh, from Sydney. Obviously hard to find room up there with Errol Goulden patrolling the wings as well as Braden Campbell and various other left footers that um, Sydney possess. Obviously a lot of wing depth there, so he's decided to make the move to north. Obviously more opportunity. And I'm, I am excited to see what he can bring. He's a really good kick, also a left footer. No surprise, Clarko's targeted that as, a, as an area. He brings with him a really good tank. Uh, he's already won a couple of yo-yo tests, I think they were, at the club, beating fellow winger Bailey Scott. So can't wait to see them patrolling the wings, running up and down, a lot of gut running. Um, obviously, we saw a massive 
the improvement in Bailey Scott the last couple of years. So it'd be really good to see um, Stevens be able to accompany you there and, you know, solidify down those wings as, as their own. In the number 16 Guernsey is Zach Fisher, who's made his way across from Carlton, also to try and seek more senior opportunities. He seemed to have a really up-and-down career so far, the Fish, but he had a really good last six weeks of the of the home-and-away season, playing off half-back with Carlton, averaging over 25 disposals, using his another left-footer. Really good user, has that zippy pace that we sort of have been lacking for the last couple of years off half-back. So really excited to see what he can bring. Talking to a few Carlton mates of mine, they were actually really upset to lose him and would have rather keep him, which means that he must be doing something right as they're usually a very negative bunch. Yeah, so it's a big turnaround in our back line. We're a lot more pace injected. You've also got Josh Gator and Miller Bergman as young half-backers. All of a sudden, we've got a bit of depth down there and... That leads into the number 17 Guernsey, which will be worn by Riley Hardiman, who we've taken as one of our many first-round draft picks. Uh, he was the captain of the WA under-18 side, another half-back flanker, another left-footer, really quick. It's clearly an area that we've identified through all the years of having, you know, your Sam Wrights and your Jay McMillans, who were fairly good users but just didn't have that speed. Uh, I mean, clearly, in today's footy, it's something we need to break through the zone bit of speed to overlap handball and clearly it's been a focal point for Clarko as an area that really needed addressing so some really good depth off half back now and a lot more pace in the side which we like to see. Donning the famous number 18 Guernsey we could say cursed for the last few poor players besides sort of Sean Attlee no one's really had some great success in it since the King will be Will Dawson a key position player taken with one of our other first-round draft picks. Don't really know a whole lot about him. He's got really good size. He's 200 centimetres. Will be a good addition to our key position stocks and hopefully can develop really quick as it's an area that we are really lacking at the moment, key forwards and key defenders. So hopefully he can yeah, come along really quick and crack into the side. Number 22 will once again be worn by Big Ruckman. Obviously Goldie heading across to the, to the arch enemy. Uh, Taylor Goad from South Australia, Ruckman, will be dotting the number 22. A bit of a raw project, but really, really big boy who's already around the 100 kilo mark. So hopefully can develop into a half the player Goldie is and will be, he'll be a hell of a player. So Taking over the number 28 Guernsey from my man Kane Turner is Biggie Nguyen. He's a player we acquired from Richmond. Really raw project, key position. Has one game of AFL experience. Uh, but yeah, still quite slight of frame, so really needs to get in the gym and it'd be a good task for our newly formed development team led by Michael Barlow. So they'll have to get to work and see if they can get the best out of him. But there really is a big opportunity for Biggie. Uh, obviously the third key defender position's really up for grabs between himself, Toby Pink and Cal Dawson. So hopefully he puts the work in and can put his name up for round one next year. Donning the number 32 Guernsey next year will be Toby Pink. He was taken as a delisted free agent as he was delisted by Sydney a couple of years ago, moved over to South Australia, applied his craft in the Sandful and was the All-Australian fullback in the team this year. So the recruiters and management team have clearly seen something in him, so hopefully he can 
as a 24-year-old mature age pickup can really provide that bigger body presence in what is quite a young backline. And finally, taking on the number 39 Guernsey is Finbar Maley. What a name that is. I reckon cult hero status for him if he happens to make it to AFL level. A really raw project again. I think he was playing club level at the start of last year, so another big task for the development team to see what they can get out of him. But yeah, what a name that is. Hopefully it doesn't follow the same trajectory as the last great name we had in Phoenix Spicer. Well, obviously delisted now, so that speaks for that. But yeah, that's the end of the uh, new jumpers assigned for next year. So only one current player moved, that being Hugh, for obvious reasons that was close to him. So good on the club for allowing that. And personally happy as I've got a signed match-worn Cam Zerha Guernsey. So happy to see him sticking with the number 44 on his back. So on the AFLW side of things, uh, we've had a really good trade period. Picked up Libby Birch. Uh, she's played 77 games, a two-time All-Australian and a two-time Premiership player with the Western Bulldogs and Melbourne. So we gave away pick 19 and we picked up Libby Birch and pick 35 back. She's an intercepting defender, really strong overhead and will complement our backline greatly with Jazz Ferguson and Sarah Wright as that was a weak area in the grand final as Dakota Davidson was the difference in the last quarter. So well done to the team at North for getting that done, a really positive asset that she'll be for 2024. And I will touch on uh, the AFLW side. Obviously, through the men's program, we've been starved of success. So how good was it to see them do so well and have a great finals campaign? Unfortunately, couldn't get the chocolates on the day, ran out of steam in the last quarter. But yeah, really a really impressive season for them. Some Like Jazz Garner... Dead set, can we rookie contract her to the men's side? She's a star. She's been robbed again of the best and fairest. That doesn't matter, though. We know how great she is. She wins all the club awards, all the coaches' awards. She's a star through and through. Emma Carney, another great season. Doesn't age. I want to know about the nickname Groovy. And We see in the Vic Club videos that Clarko refers to her as Groovy. Does anyone have any information as to the uh, reasoning behind that nickname? I also thought Alice O'Loughlin had a really good grand final. Arguably could have been our best player. I know Jazz kicked a couple of crucial goals and had a lot of it, but when Jenna went down early in the game, Alice stood up and played that role that she'd never played and had a lot of the footy, was really clean overhead and just put together a really good game. But yeah, unfortunately weren't able to get the flag this year, but um, with the addition of Birch and... Another year for all our young guns to develop. I really think 2024 we can push and having that monkey off the back of beating Adelaide and beating Melbourne in the finals. I really look forward to see us take the next step and hopefully bring a bit of silverware home in 2024. Well, I might wrap that up for the first episode. Uh, obviously still getting my bearings around podcasting in general and all the editing that goes along with it. We'll be taking a break over Christmas, and post-Christmas there'll be some more content out. We'll be doing player previews for every player, doing our best 23 reveal, as well as a crystal ball for AFL in general for 2024, top eight, premiers, Brownlow medal, all, all of those sort of predictions that we can make of what the season's going to look like in 2024. Just quickly, the audio will get better. I'm still navigating my way around the 
podcast space and how to edit it and all those sort of aspects as well as I'll eventually get a bit more comfortable behind the mic and yeah just looking forward to growing the pod and having a really good chat with you guys and chatting all things north as we make our way back up on the journey to the fifth premiership heading back up the ladder. So thank you for listening to the first episode of the Shimboners podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the Shimboner podcast, Instagram, the Shimboners underscore pod and Twitter or X, whatever they call it these days at the Shimboner podcast. Feel free to get involved and leave some feedback. Leave your thoughts on the leadership group. What your thoughts of the captains are? Are you pro two captains? Are you like one captain? So that's where we'll leave it today. Hopefully you'll have a really good Christmas with your families and get a couple of cheeky bounding roo guernseys in the Santa sack. But yeah, like I said earlier, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more great North chat. Go Roos. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for-